Welcome back to the Ubloquity podcast with me, Dom Birch. Absolutely delighted this week to welcome onto the podcast one of our own. And not only is it one of our own, it is our Chief Operating Officer and award-winning Chief Operating Officer, Inika Rentmeesters. Now, Inika, I'm all right calling you Ina? Yes, sure. <laughs> That's <laughs> easier. <laughs> Good, we'll get that bit out of the way. So, welcome onto the podcast. Now, before we get going, tell us a little bit about you. What was your journey to becoming the Chief Operating Officer of your Blockwood I uh, was working for uh, NSF in UK. And because of COVID, they were reorganizing themselves and focusing on their core, which is auditing. And we were part of an innovation team that was experimenting with blockchain and different technologies to see how we could help them do the auditing. So as they repurposed the organization, we were out of a job. So then we decided with the three of us, which is Kieran and Alim, my fellow co-founders, to start on our own. And uh, we managed to raise the money bought the IP of the product that we were working on, and then that's how Ubloquity was created. So um, my passion is about food and technology. I love the combination of the two. So when the opportunity was there to do something with the two and prove what's right to go into battle with food fraud and and do what's right for public safety, then this was for me a win-win. So that's how it started. And we used to sort of say that we kind of started out in life as a food provenance platform. And since then, we've diversified into doing lots of different things. But talk to us a little bit about the start point then, because that combination of food and being passionate about not just food's quality, but where it's come from, and then using technology like blockchain to be able to then actually start to prove the provenance of something, whether that's an ingredient or a raw material. So that that was kind of like the genesis, if you like, wasn't it? That was where you, you kind of launched Ubloquity from? Yes, so we had created a prototype to tag uh, cows in, in the fields and be able to put those from birth onto the blockchain. So we wanted to prove the provenance from the source and the source is at birth. So they're tagging the animals, creating a, a DNA sample, putting that on the blockchain so we could prove exactly which animal it was. So the asset identification is what we call it. Uh, that was the first block, so we call it Genesis block. And then we could tell the whole story of that animal as it moved from farm, off farm, into the market, moved along to abattoir and to slaughter or for export. So we managed to prove exactly where it was at what time and what happened to it. So that was the the whole idea. And that little in-transit part is what caught Fujitsu's eye uh, when they were talking about Brexit and how we could solve or help them to solve the problems moving goods between Great Britain and Northern Ireland. And so we kind of took a spin-off from the transit bit of the animals and thought about if we can do this for cows, we can do this with basically with any product and follow the load of where it is in transit so that we could prove to customs um, that the load has not been compromised along the way from point A, so from the source to its destination, which would then help with the green lane solution as the Northern Ireland Protocol envisages to have goods move forward and across the borders without having to check because everything that happened on the load or with the products as it was loaded is uh, on the blockchain. So that's uh, part of the, another project that we're working on is Atomai. So we, we kind of shifted a little bit from animals in the farm, on farm, we called ourselves the weirdos in the wellies because we were literally with our wellies in, in the field <laughs> tagging the cows. And so we moved a little bit away from that. 
but um, we're still very passionate about food and uh, and food safety and food provenance. So we're bringing that back on. And those two things kind of combined, didn't they, when you were working with a major spice manufacturer? And that was where they had a particular problem, didn't they, where they were trying to authenticate that chilli pepper spice that ends up in a jar that you might buy in Carrefour or in Tesco or Asda, that all of the ingredients in that jar, you could prove where they'd come from, from the seed, through the drying yard and so forth. Talk to me a little bit about that project, because how do you even go about, and and I know you've got the brain the size of Belgium, right? But how do you go about going, right, okay, I understand the problem. Now we need to go and map that supply chain before we get anywhere near looking at what the technology is that's going to help to solve it. So just walk us through that process of how you address it. Yeah, so the challenge was indeed to to provide traceability for the chilies and that the ideal a situation would be where we could prove that the chilies in the jar were actually those chilies produced by that producer in India. And that was the challenge that we were were given. Um, we took it gladly. So we thought, okay, they are, they're using different uh, systems, supply chain management systems like an SAP systems or ERP systems already, but they were not connected. So the, the producers in India were using a system. Um, the purchasing organization from the spices uh, organization was also using an ERP system. And then you have the rest of the manufacturing were also using an, an uh, ERP system. So what we did was like, okay, there must be a trace or a key that connects like a common denominator that you can find back in each of these three systems, even though they were just not connected and in different parts of the world. We try to put a layer on top of that by finding that common denominator and linking it together on the blockchain platform. So one of the key things is that you will always find a purchase order or a production order, which refers to a batch, which refers to a bag. So there were different stages that we could unravel from the big puzzles and put them all together. So we didn't need to download the full system, which they didn't allow us anyway. But we just managed to find that one key that links to the other part in another system. And that's how we could put it all in connection with each other. So what we are good at is connecting the dots. And we, we were able to put that on our blockchain and create a dashboard out of that that showed this whole lot of chilies in a drying yard in India when they are being crushed or reproduced and bagged and stored and then moved onto a container all the way to the south of France and then reprocessed and recrushed and anything they do with it, uh, until they arrive in a jar, we could prove actually that this one jar could be traced back to this whole lot back in India and vice versa. And, and that, that was really exciting. I was going to say, and that, you know, you make it sound quite simple, but that process prior to being able to extract out that common denominator and put it together in such a way that you can have a a dashboard at one end and at the touch of a button you can immediately go back and go right where did this jar come from and 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 if there was a problem let's say you know there was some contamination in a batch of chili or there had been some you know alien product put in there whatever it was right that you could quite quickly isolate that then at a touch of a button and that was replacing I guess, quite a manual system. So all of those different technologies that weren't talking to one another required a person somewhere to figure it out, right? And that could take a matter of hours, days, or or maybe weeks. 
and many meetings yeah because you have to find the right person on the other side of the of the line to be able to who knows which one is what it's a big puzzle to unravel if you have to do this manually so we were indeed able to do this with a you know within seconds uh which which is a major cost saving for them and also say there's a lab result that that reveals that there's something wrong with a batch of chilies because all the moisture were not kept up to temperature that I had to take this batch out of the production line. It was very easy to do this in one go. So that's, this, this, it gave a visibility that I never had before. I was wondering, are some of the challenges actually overcoming people's resistance and actually winning hearts and minds within organisations? Because, you know, status quos and ways of working and how we've always done it around here, sometimes those are the things that get in the way of bringing in change. The first challenge was working in different time zones because obviously the team in India is in a, another time zone and the IT department of the spices provider was in the US and we were in the UK. So we had to mix and try to find the moments in the in the day where we were having an overlapping time zone. But that was not so easy in the beginning. The good thing is that everyone was very curious. This is new technology. What could we do? Everyone was very excited about the possibilities. We didn't find so much resistance in the in the tech teams because they were actually really forward looking and hoping that this would be you know revolutionary to what we would be doing what we found was that maybe there was a little bit of a resistance to see like what are we doing wrong are they going going to point out where it goes wrong which we actually try to explain to them we see it as a positive we try to help you how you could do it better with what we find because obviously what we detected were also lots of gaps in the whole process how you go about from the chilies to the processing facilities there's black holes if you will want to call it where the information is not so well recorded or where there's no information at all and when lots of things could go wrong so it was not about pointing out what went wrong so much but how advising as well as look this is what we could do if we bring this technology in uh, to make this even better and to make the supply chain more transparent and to bring more visibility in, uh, in it so you could do so much with your food food waste as well you could see earlier in the stage like this these chilies for example are not good to uh for consumption to the on the long run but they can be used in um, in an immediate state so they would not be good for preserving but maybe good for another purpose so there's many many things that we could help them do and reduce food waste as well for example and the combination of that early work on uh on farm where you were tagging cattle in northern ireland where your wellies on through to then how that sort of moved into this atomai freight project with fujitsu and secure transit and then all of those aspects with the chilies where you're kind of you know that provenance and that secure chain of custody all the way back to a drying yard as you sort of bring those together then, that started to really transform into this is Ubloquity today, right? And and that Ubloquity kind of does only one of four things or a combination. Prove where something's from, authenticate what it actually yeah. is, <laughs> validate how it's been made. And then this bit about ensuring its ongoing integrity. Once it's on the move, how do you prove and, and, and demonstrate that nobody's tampered with it or that it's secure or it's been held at the, at the same temperature? I, and that must be really exciting being involved in a company that's what only just coming up to two years old, already working in some amazingly big cutting edge projects. It is indeed exciting. Yeah, it is. 
I love um, is that we have a remote team. We actually created ourselves uh, within the COVID situation where everyone was working remotely, and we saw that it actually works well. So we have a big empower. We give empowerment to our people. We have great people, and we don't tell them what to do because we don't know all the knowledge. But we help. We ask them to be creative and think along. So we give them a lot of power to grow with us and to grow the company alongside. And that is that is really great. So we have people all over Europe. We have people in Scotland, in Romania, in Czech Republic, in the Republic of Ireland, in UK. So we and we want to grow more. So we have a nice mix of contractors and employees, and we all work together towards the same goal and the same objective. And we have a lot of fun while we do this. So we have daily stand-ups with our tech team. If you're a bit uh, having a grumpy Monday morning, you just should join that that 15-minute call and you're instantly become happy <laughs> because there's so much fun and there's so much energy in that team. It's really, really inspiring and, and amazing. It helps, right? The, the frameworks and the, the structures and the best practices that you learn having worked in a big corporate company, they come to life here. You know that you need it. But being able to start on your own, you can give it your own flavor. So this is how I think the Ubloquity culture has the, the best of the two. My old experiences from before has helped me to create and to help shape the way we do things in Ubloquity. And that's really cool. It is cool. And, and you know, you're, you're working sprints when you're doing development work for the likes of that spice company. What does that mean in reality, right? So for people who haven't worked in a tech team or maybe haven't worked in a smaller company, what is, you know, working in an agile way, how do sprints actually work and how do you do that kind of feedback loop so that you're always checking back in and going, right, what could we learn? What could we do differently next time? What just Talk through what that means in practice. So we have um, a product owner who defines the sprints and who is in charge of uh, making sure that all the user stories and the epics are well documented and clear for everyone. So we have a big roadmap and we split that up in smaller jumps and we decide what are the features that we're going to develop in this sprint. And the sprint for us is two weeks, so we make them short and we make them manageable. So everyone decides together with the, pro- with the product owner, what are we going to do? What are we going to build in this sprint? And then if there's more time, you can always take tickets from the backlog to help the sprint even become better. At the end of the sprint, we test, we, so we present what we did and we make sure that everything's done. And once a month, we have a retrospective meeting where we discuss what we could have done better, what went well, and we create then an action log on uh, on how uh, on the actions that we should do to make things better. And everyone's feedback is important. There's a, we have a very, I would say, there's a psychological safety in our team is really high. People don't feel afraid to speak their mind um, and to come up with ideas or to even to admit that something could have been better, which is which is actually what you want to achieve in a tech team. And usually we have a lot of fun. We try different types of retros now. We did a Harry Potter once which was quite hilarious. Uh, now we're using a lean coffee way of doing this. This is another another framework of how can you discuss in a constructive way uh, what happened well, what what could have been done better, and, and how what are we going to do to make it better for the future. And there can be things that are technical, but sometimes it's also about just collaborating or communicating better, or it's about, you know, we should have a game night. So that, that can also come out of that. It was, uh, it's, it's actually a really good way of keeping the team together and all aligned and still focused. Now, I want to turn the spotlight onto you. And I know this is, you'll probably be a bit uncomfortable this bit because I'm sure you preferred the spotlight was on the team. But last week, you 
got recognised at an award ceremony over in Northern Ireland, big prestigious gala event, um, and it was for women in business. But the award was around innovation and your leadership as being the most innovative in the small company category. Talk to me a bit about the event, because I'm sure it's not the kind of thing that you go to all of the time, but also what was it like and, and how did it make you feel? Particularly as you grow in leadership, it's 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 good to have mentoring and people with uh, who are in the same kind of situation and you can help you with advice. So I, I was conscious that this is something I needed to do for myself, even though it's not it's stepping out, out of my comfort zone. We're still in startup mode as we couldn't bring the whole team at the table over there. So I was on my own and I didn't know anyone at the start, but I, I got to know a lot of great people there and, and I received some great advice on, oh, have you thought about this and how you should, you should do this or have you done this leadership course, which is also interesting. So the networking part was really, really important and it was also lots of fun. <laughs> it was it was really useful. <laughs> I mean, one of the many things that you bring to your block tea, as well as all of the obvious stuff, right? You know, you're a COO and, you know, you've been at IBM, you're the master project planner, but also you guide and mentor other people in the team. And Ellen, who in herself is a, an award winner from Women in Business last year, um, puts her success in no small part down to the support that you give. What is it about, you know, I, I guess paying forward a little bit and also, you know, bringing people up with you that you think is important, particularly when you're a remote organisation, because all of the little coffee chats and the little arms around the shoulders are a little bit more difficult when you're remote from one another but but clearly it's something that you invest a lot of time and energy in yes i, I find it important knowing myself this is something that i needed as well as a junior and even though it was not remote i found that i get a lot of um how to say this uh energy and uh, self-confidence by talking to other people and who help you and bring the best out of you. And that, I think, is what I like to do. What I like doing is seeing people and seeing the, what they're really good at, even if they don't see it yet, and trying to help them, encourage them to bring that out and to do something with it. So uh, I saw in Ellen a lot of potential. She's, she's, she's really amazing, and I recognize some things of myself in her. And I thought, okay, I have to help her feel a bit more confident and do this because... Um, in a startup, it's very chaotic and you don't really know your job description is not really uh, a one and a zero kind of document that you know from the beginning and the end what to do. So you have to be a little bit flexible on that and understand that things are volatile and changing constantly while still being able to have a path forward. And uh, I helped her to find that. And uh, and it was and it, yeah it's it is very rewarding for myself as well because I think okay this is how I should do it maybe you can and I learn from her as well and how she looks at stuff because you cannot forget this younger generation of people they have a different view they were they grew up with this technology that we had to learn so they're like natives and they have so much uh, a different view sometimes on how to how to communicate how to do things we are sometimes too formal and we build too much buffers in it and sometimes being direct is uh, is and straightforward in a respectful way of course is is so much better than just buffering and fluffing the message up. So these are uh, things that I learned from Ali. But we have great talent in our team and I really enjoy getting the best out of those people and making them feel part of something, something good, something great. Absolutely. Well, listen, we've run out of time, but Ian, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for coming on the podcast. You're welcome. 